The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The nursing industry is one of the fastest-growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Welcome back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, and thank you for joining us again. Um, This is a show that I have been looking forward to for quite a while. In fact, I have to laugh because I've been promising a show on men in nursing for weeks. And so finally, this is uh, the show that's going to happen. So our title today is Men in Nursing, How Is It Different? And uh, I wanted to give you a little bit of background about men in nursing as we start out here. So according to the ANA website, there are 3 million nurses working in the United States now. 500,000 nurses will retire by 2022. There will be 100,000 new nursing positions each year, so more than any other industry. And so my question is going to be, how many of these will be taken by men? We're definitely going to need to encourage men to come into nursing. So when we think of nurses, uh, the first thought of pro- is probably of women. And in reality, men have been in the role of nurse for most of human history. Uh, there are records of the first nursing school in 250 BC in India, which admitted men. We know that uh, men have functioned in Europe during the plagues and certainly in most of the wars. It has really only been in the 19th and 20th centuries when women became the predominant or only people accepted to nursing schools, particularly in the United States, until about the 70s. So since the 70s, men in nursing have tripled from 2.7% to 9.6%. We hope that that will continue to grow. So um, this show is a conversation with three extraordinary men, all started as RNs working in hospitals and then developed their careers to a great degree. They will share what it's like to be a male nurse and some of the positives and challenges that go along with it uh, and what men can bring to the role of nursing and so much more. I think this is going to be a really great program. So... um, I am joined today by Sean Waldron, who is a manager of the ICU at Ridges Hospital. And I met uh, Sean on LinkedIn. Sean, can you say a couple things about yourself? Hi, my name is Sean Waldron. Uh, Currently, I am the manager of the intensive care unit and vascular access team at Fairview Ridges Hospital in Burnsville. Um, And yes, I'm happy to be here. Okay, good. And then I also have uh, Dr. John Nelson, 
uh, who is president of a healthcare environment um, business that he owns. And John, uh, Dr. Nelson, can you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. Uh, I've been a nurse for almost 30 years, but I've been involved with data management for about 16 years, owning my own business and working internationally. Great. And Dr. Uh, Davis Michael Graham is um, is our third person. So, um, uh, Dr. Graham, would you like to share a little about yourself? Sure. Thank you. Um, as Leanne said, I'm Michael Graham, and I chair the RN2 Bachelor of Science in Nursing program, and I'm a professor in the College of Health, Human Services, and Science at Ashford University. And um, I've uh, been a nurse now um, uh, eight years, and uh, prior to that have uh, worked in uh, health professions uh, in the academy and uh, came to nursing from uh, another career. That's great. And actually, I know both uh, Dr. Nelson and Dr. Graham from my class. They are both in my um, RN refresher nursing course, and it's been a pleasure having both of them there and have brought such a wealth of information, so I thought they would be great on this show, too. So, um, Sean, maybe go into a little more detail about kind of the process of becoming a nurse and how that all happened for you. Uh, sure. So I would be the uh, the troubled high school student when I graduated high school. I wasn't sure what I exactly wanted to do. Um, so for a year, I went off and did an AmeriCorps program in D.C., working with um, primarily um, non-government organizations, state parks, national parks. Um, came back, kind of bounced jobs for a while, for a couple of years, um, and then thought, hey, you know, maybe nursing. Um, I was exposed to nursing when I was in middle school. My mom went back to school uh, and got her associate's degree in nursing. So I saw her going back to school, um, helping her study, seeing that through the process. So that kind of was stuck in my mind about, hey, maybe this is actually a decent career to get into. Uh, So... Um, at that point, I kind of started my education with an associate's degree, um, graduated with that back in 2005, so I think I'm the, the newest nurse on this panel here. Um, so <laughs> mm-hmm. 2005, uh, since then, worked primarily uh, cardiac surgery, intensive care units, trauma surgery, um, cardiac cath labs, so procedural areas. Uh, about now, five years ago, I moved to Alaska uh, and started uh, working as an assistant manager of a cardiac uh, intensive care unit there. And then two years ago, I moved back to Minnesota and worked, um, started working in the intensive care unit here. Uh, during that time, uh, or managing this, the intensive care unit here, uh, during you know the 10 years since I graduated with my associates, went back and got my bachelor's in, bachelor's of science in nursing from the University of Wisconsin, and then got my master's uh, in nursing administration and leadership from George Washington University in D.C. Wow, that is pretty impressive. So, uh, Dr. Nelson, tell us about you. Sure, yeah, this is my third career, actually fourth if you include data management as my fourth career. I started out from high school, um, went, left, went from high school to uh, theology school. I got my two-year in theology and 
was a youth minister for about a year and a half and decided that wasn't my deal. So I got into restaurant business trying to figure out what I wanted to do for about four years, and then I decided I wanted to get back to some sort of ministry, but I wanted something that was technical, and I decided maybe nursing is what I should do because I felt I could use my ministry skills at the bedside, and my wife being a nurse, I was impressed with all the things that she learned and her experiences, etc. So I got my associate degree at Noka Ramsey and then went on to get my four-year degree, Bachelor's of Science in Nursing at Bethel. Then at the University of Minnesota, they had a program in the master's program in nursing where you could sort of create your own. I don't think they have it anymore, but I wanted to get my degree in statistics. So through the School of Nursing, I got my master's, de- master's of science in statistics, and then I proceeded at the University of Minnesota to get my Ph.D. in nursing. And I got into, so I did um, nursing, bedside nursing for about 11 years, and I got into data because I was frustrated that at the bedside we didn't really use data like I thought we should, so I decided to start my own business, and I've been doing that for 16 years. Wow, uh, very impressive. And uh, Dr. Graham, I don't want to say top that, but I know you can. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So as I said before, I, I came to nursing uh, as a second career. Prior to that, I uh, have uh, earned an MSW and a PhD in social work from Ohio State and uh, taught social work um, both uh, as a doctoral student and then as a lecturer in the College of Social Work at OSU, then um, as an assistant clinical professor at the University of Minnesota in the School of Social Work, and um, then got into online learning in, in um, um, administration at, at, at Walden University. And it was in my uh, administrative uh, position at Walden University, uh, first being uh, director of uh, doctoral academic residencies and then director of the human services doctoral program and then division chair of health and human services and then dean uh, of health and human services, um, of the School of Health and Human Services at Walden. Um, came into contact with nursing faculty who were teaching in in other programs, but um, one of the first programs that um, we decided to pursue um, was the uh, Master of Science in Nursing, and so became very close with the director and some of the early faculty there, uh, learned a lot about uh, nursing and nursing education, which piqued my interest, um, and then went on to a another uh, deanship at Western Governors University where we initially started working on the development of an MSN program. So I was exposed to nursing education uh, within the academy um, pretty closely for for those years. And um, I um, further then considered changing uh, careers. While I enjoyed social work and did therapy, 
um, in my clinical social work positions, um, I was really attracted to the direct care uh, skills, um, the holistic orientation that uh, nursing maintains, as well as the, if you will, technical clinical aspects of nursing. So fortunately, with multiple ways to enter the profession, I uh, entered the Master of Nursing program at the University of Minnesota, uh, then did the Postmasters Adult Psychiatric Mental Health Nurse Practitioner Certificate Program at Rush University, and um, then earned my Doctor of Nursing Practice at Duke University School of Nursing. So uh, my primary practice area is psychiatric nursing and um, have been in nursing education for several years now. So, uh, you know, certainly an August panel here that I have here, and clearly, um, you know, the the options in nursing are not at all just clinics or hospitals or something like that. Almost now, it's unlimited, um, even to the point of, like, Dr. Nelson being able to start his own business and Dr. Graham going into teaching, and um, I know that... Um, Sean is doing a lot uh, just with cl- committees and, you know, having impact on so many different ways. But let's go back to some of those clinical days and what was it like uh, coming into a profession and working in a profession where it's the majority of the people working there are women? Uh, I'd say for me it was different. And who, so, who's talking? Um, Sean. Oh, sorry. This is Sean. Okay. Um, so I think it was different for me, especially because when I went to my associate's program, I was 22. And so my average classmate was a 40-year-old female. Mm. Not exactly a whole lot of overlapping interests. Um, and so that, I think, added to it not just the women in the profession, but also that generation gap. Um, and I remember being in school and having some very interesting experiences that kind of shaped me into what I would or would not want to do as a nurse. Um, I think the primary one being my maternity rotation. So all nurses have to go through, you know, your basic rotations in different areas. One of them being maternity, childbirth, infant, babies. Um, and my first day on the clinical, the nurses on the floor being like, you shouldn't be here. You're a man. This isn't a man's work. You shouldn't be in the, in the maternity center. So that kind of, you know, stuck with me where it's like, well, that wasn't exactly welcoming. And two, I'm not quite sure why that's a big deal when most OB doctors are men and they're going to be way more invasive than I'm ever going to be as a nurse. Yeah. Good, good, um, example. Anybody else? This is John Nelson. I'll drop the doctor. I'll just go by John. Um, But for me, I remember when I had some friends that were nurses, men, and I never really thought anything of it. I had no pause or any second thoughts about, well, that's an interesting career. But I remember when I first contemplated being a nurse, I thought differently because it was me, and I thought, well, that's a woman's job. And so as I thought about it, I knew there were men in nursing, but not very many. So I had some apprehensions about going into it just because my own thoughts of me being in that role versus watching others, because I didn't think anything of that. But as I talked about it with some of my friends before going to nursing school, they, they thought that was great. And they 
agreed with me using my ministry skills. Um, and it was challenging when I went to school and they were talking about things that I hadn't really engaged with as a man, like OB, that Sean was just talking about. So there were some stretches for me from my comfort zone. Um, I, of course, did not go into OB. I was in ICU, so I didn't engage with that population. But in the clinicals, um, that was a bit of a stretch for me. I did find, though, that the patient that I took care of in the OB experience and the patients in the pediatric experience, they were very welcoming, the relationship was very good, and there was nothing negative in that at all. So it was really getting beyond my own perceptions. That was the uh, challenge. John, that's, that's great. We're going to take a couple of minutes here and go to break. Um, so I just wanted to um, thank you again for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. And we are discussing men in nursing. How is it different? And how is it similar? Um, I'm talking with Sean Waldron, who's the manager of the intensive care unit at Ridges Hospital in Minnesota. And Dr. John Nelson, who has his own um, uh, data business and uh, called Healthcare Environment. And uh, Dr. Michael Graham, who is the chair of a registered nurse to Bachelor of Science nursing program. Um, and we're uh, just kind of getting started here on what their backgrounds are and what they've been doing. And then uh, we'll come back in just a few minutes and we can um, talk to um, Michael. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, Be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune into Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What does health look like in an ailing world? How do we tend what needs our care? Join Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio hosts each week as we explore pathways to health for self, society, and the planet. We are home to a range of voices, as there is no single roadmap for meeting the challenges of our times. Tune in Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern Time to expand your perspective, deepen your attention, and cultivate practices that support personal, communal, and global health on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, 
please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. I'm Leanne Meyer, your host, and I am really enjoying this show on uh, men in nursing and how is it different. I'm being joined uh, with a panel of of wonderful um, nurses, uh, Sean Waldron and Dr. John Nelson and Dr. Michael Graham. So we were just talking, Sean and um, John were both sharing some of their kind of early clinical experiences. And uh, Michael, could you share something with us also? My very first clinical position uh, was on the overnight shift on a subacute unit um, in a skilled nursing facility. And um, I work closely with another RN and uh, no, no males, however. Um, but for me, the focus was, uh, of course, being able to practice my craft uh, for the first time, being uh, fresh out of school and a new nurse, and, you know, being able to establish a great um, camaraderie and and teamwork, which I did. Um, My second position, however, and the one that I practiced in, uh, if you will, the longest is an RN, was in a behavioral health clinic in uh, a community health center. And one of the earliest things I noticed is that, uh, if you will, the lead nurse uh, in the medical clinic was a male. Um, And um, I thought, Oh, gee, how how neat is that? Um, that um, you know that I uh, that there's another a person <laughs> who um, who who is um, a man in nursing, and so I was very curious uh, to be able. And also, he came with lots of great experience. So to be able to have uh, a mentor and um, a support uh, provider who was male uh, was comforting. Um, but again, I think the primary focus, even at that point, being an early position was, you know, really focusing on being a great nurse and practicing my craft and being um, a great team member and ensuring that I was um, providing great care to patients. Great. Do you feel like uh, there's a difference in how uh, men come to the to the um, to dealing with patients or dealing with each uh, with other staff people on the floors, et cetera, than women do. What what are some of the differences that you experienced? Um, I can start. This is John. Um, I think that there's a lot of similarities. Um, I would say the biggest similarity is the enjoyment of the relationships with the patients that I've had. I know there are some of the patients that I've taken care of that I will remember the rest of my life. They had talked about how I had impacted them as their primary nurse or their care provider, but they had equal impact on me. So I think that's um, probably the biggest similarity that I can think of. As far as differences, I would note that um, some of those, like for example, if if someone needed someone to, to get someone up or they needed someone stronger, I sort of fell into those 
stereotypical roles of uh, being the guy to be the strength for different things that were needed on the floor. And sometimes we would have uh, adolescent young men who were timid about being catheterized by a female, so sometimes I would be sought out for doing some of those things, or if there was something related to male anatomy that the females didn't quite understand, they would talk to me about that. So there were some um, unique conversations that I would have and roles that I would play related to being a man, but there were there were a lot of similarities as, as well. I would comment, though, that rarely but occasional, uh, frequently enough to notice um, there were dismissive attitudes and even comments that I would get from uh, colleagues or fellow students um, regarding being in nursing, but it was really the patients that were most welcoming as far as having a male nurse. That's great. Sean, can you address that, that situation? Sure. Hi, this is Sean. So I think, um, you know, I agree that, you know, the, the similarities are there. Um, nursing is still a caring profession regardless of what gender you are. Um, it still involves that, that personal relationship, the conversations, the working with patients. Um, I'd say some of the differences being I think men tend to be more attracted to the, the technical aspects in my experience and the the, I don't want to say the adrenaline junkies, but the adrenaline junkies, mm-hmm. um, at least from what I've seen, you know, most men in nursing work in intensive care units, um, ERs, um, trauma operating rooms, um, kind of the, the faster-paced, high-tech, um, high-stakes areas. Um, it's been... You know, when I my one of my first jobs was working the night shift at a on a cardiac surgical unit, and for whatever reason, now as a manager, I would never allow this. But the night shift for four nights a week was all men. There was no women on it. It was all guys. And while everything got done and the patients were well taken care of, I'd say there's there's things we did that I probably wouldn't advise. And, you know, any nurses listening, don't dare each other to drink a can of tube feeding. It's disgusting. <laughs> it tastes like you're chewing on a cardboard covered in pennies. Um, you know, that kind of stuff where it's kind of guys interact with each other differently. Um, our conversations were different. We weren't talking about kids and homework and household stuff. We were more like, hey, what do you think about, you know, this sports game that was on or um, when we would socialize, it'd be more like, let's go out for a drink after work or let's go do this, that, the other. So I think there's definitely some interpersonal differences um, in nursing as well. Mm-hmm. Michael, anything that you could share an experience that you had that showed some of the differences? Um, I'm, I'm not sure so much about, uh, about difference, but I know being the only male in the clinic, I, I noticed that I was potentially um, more sensitive to or I certainly reflected on and acknowledged that, um, you know, are there any other males in the behavioral health clinic, for example? And it, it was, if you will, comforting or 
I felt like even though I was the only male nurse in the behavioral health clinic, there were uh, male therapists, there was a male psychologist, there was a male social worker, uh, our chief psychiatrist uh, was a male, and um, we had another male psychiatrist who uh, provided services, and there were certainly male psychiatric residents that rotate, rotated through the clinic. So I, I, I wonder if, um, you know, my, my female nursing colleagues, uh, you know, would have necessarily looked for other females um, with whom they were working since the majority of nurses in the clinic uh, or throughout the center were certainly females. Um, but I do remember that uh, sort of making a mental note and, and saying, well, uh, we've got male therapists here, we have uh, male physicians, and, and I'm a male nurse. So it was interesting that I, re- that I recall taking note of that and, and reflecting on that uh, alignment. Um, and I'm not necessarily sure that were I a female uh, nurse, I, I would have necessarily done that. Okay. Um, is there something that the three of you would like to bring up and discuss with each other? Uh, this is John. What I was going to say or what I was thinking as Sean was talking is his experience uh, with having more men on a shift, that was my experience as well. When we had all guys on the night, for example, the conversation was different. Um, the conversation was similar to what uh, Sean was talking about. So that 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 was unique. I mean, I think it's it's uh, this is Sean again. So it's different for me now, going from a staff nurse role where it was much more. Um, there was more uh, diversity. Uh, there was more men and women. We're now in a management role where I am the only male nurse in leadership at my building, and the, my last job, I was one of two. So uh-huh. it's always, I guess, you always kind of feel on some level that as a male in nursing, you're standing out um, because you're not blending in with, obviously, the rest of the females that are around. But... Um, your your behavior is different. Your actions are different. Your thought process can be different. Um, so it's kind of that. I, it's not really an outcast feeling, but it's more of a awareness that you're not always blending in, and it sometimes feels that you're held to a higher standard. Um, and I'm not sure if that's because the expectation is higher, or it's the differences are just enough. Um, in your communication style or the way you do things, that it's enough to make people question, um, do you know what you're doing? Yeah. I'm curious, um, just from the standpoint of, uh, I know many many of the female nurses that I talk to, one of their biggest fears is having to deal with conflict and particularly conflict with male doctors, either over the phone or in person. Do you think that's different at all or was that different at all for you? I, this is Sean again. So I think for me, it changed after a couple of years of in nursing. I remember when I started off, much more scared of it. Like, I didn't want to call a doctor at all. Like, it was the worst thing you could ask me to do. Um, and now it's like doctors get, you know, doctors have a hard job. I appreciate them for all that they do. 
And if I was getting called at 2 o'clock in the morning all the time, I'd probably be annoyed also. But it's also part of their job. It's kind of an expectation. And if you're not, you're calling with a reason, you're calling with an action, there are limits to what we as nurses can do. So now when they, when they yell over the phone or, you know, get an attitude, I'll simply say, you can call me back when you're ready to talk to me like a professional and hang up the phone. Oh, I love like I'm that. Not, I'm not engaging or encouraging that kind of behavior anymore. Um, well, and that might be a generational thing also that's changing. The days of, you know, nurses pulling out the chair for the doctor and getting the chart mm-hmm. for the doctor and getting coffee for the doctor are kind of over. Um, sure. You know, it's seen much more as a, as an interdisciplinary professional level. Mm-hmm. Michael, um, anything that you can think of that, how, we, how did you re, uh, react or deal with, you were working in psych, psych uh, departments or psych units, so maybe it was a little different for you? Uh, I think it may it may have been a little different. As as Sean was talking, I was thinking about um, what was important to me was um, that there was an integration of my psychiatric or clinical social work knowledge and skills with my psychiatric nursing mm-hmm. um, skills and knowledge, and and so they were integrated and blended. And I felt like um, that was a very powerful experience for me. Um, and and I think I was a better nurse as a as um, a result of having had those previous clinical social work experiences and and that knowledge base. So I I think for me what what potentially was important was um, <laughs> if you will um, ensuring that that people understood that. Um, you know, what I brought to nursing was not necessarily um, what may have been a traditional pathway or, if you will, um, sort of a unidirectional pathway into nursing. In other words, you know, one graduates from high school, goes and gets their bachelor's degree in nursing and then their master's or their doctoral mm-hmm. degree that, you know, I, I did actually, you know, work in a different profession and was prepared educationally and professionally and brought that to nursing. And, so you were, and, you were a much more adult, much more mature person than maybe uh, many uh, young people coming into nursing. And, and like Sean was saying, it was pretty scary to have to confront a doctor. Right, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think about uh, about those kind of things because I was, I was thinking, you know, we're all professionals here. Mm-hmm. We're all here to to help each other and to serve each other and to serve the patients, and and that means that uh, you know we have to interact, we have to share knowledge, and you know, there's stuff that I may need uh, from physicians or, if you will, sure. even nurse practitioners. Uh, that that I need to do my job as an sure. RN um, to meet the patient's needs, and uh, you know I'm I'm their advocate, yeah. um, and I'm We're, going to get. I can't believe it, but it's time for us to go to another break here. To, so um, to be I'm going to stop us. Can you hear me, Michael? Yes. 
Yeah, we're going to go to another break here. Um, can't believe it's time already, but we are going to do that. So um, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, and we're talking with three male nurses uh, about lots of different subjects. Um, I'm looking forward to when we come back talking about how we can uh, encourage men to come into the profession, stay in the profession. What are some of the things maybe that they will need to have in order to be able to be attracted to this profession? So um, I am talking with Sean Waldron, uh, Dr. Michael uh, Graham, and Dr. John Nelson. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You probably don't spend too much time talking about that place down there. Why not? There's now a show where that's mostly what we talk about and so much more. It's the Womb Happy Hour with host Lorraine Giordano. It's all about your body and the magical power you possess. Guys, you might want to tune in too. There's no reason to be squeamish. Listen for the Womb Happy Hour, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Today's woman faces a stressful world when it comes to staying healthy. We are bombarded by media messages with contradicting ideas about fitness and nutrition. We need to keep our diet, relationships, and stress in check. It's time to get the right message and have the most fun. Join hosts Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus for Healthy View Radio. It's health and happiness in one show every Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Like many of us, do you feel constantly tired or run down? Weight gain, sugar addiction, stress, and other health issues wear down our bodies and our spirit. You can take control of these and get yourself back on track. Tune into Living Life Naturally with host Lynn Wadsworth. Lynn can help you lower or get rid of migraines, help you maintain a healthy weight, deal with hormone imbalances, and more. Listen live every Friday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Hi, and this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. This is Leanne Meyer, and we're returning to our discussion with um, uh, three various different uh, nurses, uh, male nurses, from various backgrounds. One is Sean Waldron, and he is a manager at an intensive care unit at Ridges Hospital. Dr. John Nelson has his own uh, business at this point. Uh, he's the president of the Healthcare Environment Data Processing. And Dr. Michael Graham, is the chair of the Registered Nurse Bachelor of Science program. 
So we're coming back and we're going to talk now about the fact that we still have about 9.6% of nurses are men and how are we going to bring men into the profession? Um, Who would like to go first? Uh, Maybe Sean? Uh, Sure, this is Sean again. Um, I think it's, it's looking at, you know, how do we advertise and how do we um, retain nurses. So when you look at advertisements for nursing, at least most of the ones I've seen are women. Um, so that doesn't necessarily speak to saying, hey, this is an option for me. Um, if you never see yourself reflected in advertisement or promotions for a profession, I don't think you're going to be inclined to to think, hey, that's an option I can do. Um, and changing uh, kind of the way you speak about it, where with women, it may work to say, you know, certain things where with men, you want to touch on the technical skills, uh, the higher rate to pay, the job security, um, that type of thing to kind of entice men into the profession. Uh, once they're in, I think it's, it's doing things that make them feel appreciated and make them want to stay. Um, and it might be looking at the benefits and perks that a company is offering, um, you know, to, to speak to things that, that maybe men would find more appealing. Um, an example I can think of is whenever the hospital has a scrub sale for nurses, um, you know, you can get really cheap scrubs and nobody wants to spend more than they have to on them. Um, but you go as a man and they literally have like four options, um, none of which are great. And they have like racks upon racks um, of scrubs for for women. So that doesn't necessarily make you feel appreciated. It sounds like it's something you know small, but it's something that that would help at least make them feel like, hey, you want them here. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good thought. Uh, uh, John, do you have an idea? Sure. Um, well, then it goes back to what Sean was saying before the last break when he was talking about all the different things that we can do. I think as a data manager and an analyst, uh, I love what I do, and um, that isn't, I don't think, advertised that there's different options like this that I think um, guys would be attracted to. Now, if you look at the concerted effort of women getting into things like different sciences and engineering, etc., I think it would be helpful if we had more of a concerted effort in getting men into nursing, considering that women are in many other fields in contrast to how it was like 30 years ago, there are fewer and fewer resources for us to draw from, i.e. women. And so we're going to have to figure out how do we market to men to get into nursing. So I think if we look at some of the strategies that have been utilized successfully for getting women in more traditional male occupations, Uh could we Mm -hmm. use those same strategies to get men into nursing to meet the increasing demands of the nursing profession? That's a good idea. Any any thoughts about what that might be? Well, I think for some of the things that Sean again has stated of identifying some of the diversity in nursing, the um, fast-paced things that uh, where men tend to gravitate to, having them in more uh, marketing um, and advertisements where men are visible, 
in those uh, diverse roles. I think it also needs to expand to uh, academia, where academia starts including the review of the history of men in nursing, which is deep and vast. If you go before Florence Nightingale, men were very prevalent in nursing, but that isn't in the nursing history books. You have to Mm -hmm. really, um, or the nursing textbooks or in the school conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think having a multifaceted approach to recruitment that would be in marketing, in academia, and in the clinical setting um, would be effective. Michael, you talked earlier about going to um, high schools or talking to young people uh, and giving them some ideas. Have you done that? Is that something you've actually done? Uh, I haven't done that, but, you know, as I was thinking about today's call and and looking at some of the research about um, men in in nursing, um, there are a couple of things that come to mind for me. One, um, as you're suggesting, um, that um, male nurses and and all nurses, for that matter, reach out to, uh, you know, high schools and junior high schools to to talk about uh, careers in nursing and and the helping professions that we begin to you know socialize uh, boys and and males into um, the profession of nursing to help them understand nursing as a career um, what nursing consists of um, but I was also um, impressed by the fact, too, that research shows that most men coming into nursing are older than their female counterparts, um, and they also come from other professions. And so it it made me think that um, is is nursing doing a, if you will, good enough job in, in being able to recruit um, nurses from other professions, and I said I came from social work, and I wonder if if a campaign directed to men who are already, if you will, in some helping professions like social work, like mm-hmm. counseling, uh, like education, uh, uh, teaching, um, and and that we look for uh, potential. Uh, new nurses um, from men who are already in the helping professions, if that's um, a great approach that we should be taking, particularly because we are going to uh, have to have more men in nursing, more people in nursing uh, to meet the nursing shortage. Um, And so I think maybe um, a dualistic focus at least on... um, kids in uh, grade school and junior high and, and high school and and those who are already in other professions uh, and presenting yeah. the, um, the goals, uh, the career trajectory of sure. nursing, the opportunities for mobility, the opportunities for specialization, the opportunities for advanced uh, education, the opportunities for financial security. Um, all of those things are are attractive, I think. Well, it certainly is. Um, I think they're talking about medic medicine in general as being the most 
secure industry going forward because especially as the baby boomers are aging, um, we're going to need more and more care. And so there's just no way around it that we will need more nurses and um, much more um encouragement has been made toward uh, nurses having like a minimum of a uh, bachelor of science degree in nursing so that they have um, uh, something more that they're bringing. They're bringing uh, a lot more understanding of the theory and I think that may also have some help in in, um, doctors perceiving them being more uh, cohorts as opposed to handmaidens, uh, which we're really trying to stop that field. Um, we uh, one of the thoughts I had when you were talking about it too is maybe we need to start even before things like high school, maybe even before junior high. Maybe it's something that needs to be encouraged in uh, earlier in elementary school or even toys as children or people are buying toys for children. Uh, a lot of times we tend to have those uh, stereotypical toys. The you know the boys get the trucks and the cars and the girls get the dolls and. And that sort of thing. So um, that would be something that would be really helpful if we could um, start seeing more toys advertised that could be used uh, by boy, both boys and girls. Um, we're, we're, um, one of the things I wanted to give you time for is for each of you to talk about something that's really uh, important to you, something, a message that maybe you'd really like to get out to um, our audience and maybe particularly to men. Uh, maybe it's a message to women as far as how you accept and, and uh, uh, encourage men as they come in. So I'll open it up to the three of you. Um, uh, Sean, do you want to start? Sure, this is Sean again. Um, I think for me the biggest message is, one, nursing is for everybody. Um, it, it's, not, it's not a job that's classified by the gender of the person doing it. Um, I would say... You know, there's no advantage to being a woman or a man in nursing. It's it's what you do with it. And the advantage of nursing, and the biggest advantage I think I've said for a while, is no matter what you start off doing, you can change it. Um, Nurses work everywhere. Um, Hospitals, clinics, schools, private businesses, insurance companies, um, everywhere. And you can go, you know, anything from clinical to data management to education to consulting to giving yourself opportunities to travel the world and work as a nurse in different places, um, which is, you know, one of the bigger attractions for me. Um, so I wouldn't let a perception of a job as being for women only stop anyone from doing it. Great. Okay. Um, uh, John, do you want to add something here? Yeah, sure. Um, I would echo what Sean has stated that nursing isn't a gender-driven profession. It really is for anyone. And one of the things I was thinking about when Michael was talking about marketing to other health professions, my thought as a father of four, I think of all the different aspects that I use in raising children, the empathy, the compassion, the listening, the counseling, all of those different things that I do as a father, I use many of those as a nurse as well. So I think maybe we could not only market to other health professions, but market to 
men in areas that they are experiencing life, like fathers. So um, translating those skills into nursing. What I would say is that there is no profession that I can think of that would be more rewarding, not only from a ministry standpoint, but from a technical standpoint, from a personal, professional, cerebral growth standpoint. Uh, Nursing provided so much for me as an individual to grow personally and professionally. I, I just think it's an amazing profession, and I was thankful for all my female colleagues who I learned so much from, and I appreciate the male nurses that I've worked with as well. So it it really isn't a gender profession, because once you're at the bedside, the patient is looking to you to keep them safe. Right. Michael, we've got about a minute left. Can you add something to that? What's something you really want to get across to our, our audience? Sure, it's never too late <laughs> to become a nurse, <laughs> and um, and and you know I uh, I really believe that uh, that no matter where you are in your career, if you want to become a nurse, you can become a nurse. Um, there are multiple ways to enter nursing, as Leanne was was talking about, and as I think we said earlier, you can enter nursing at the associate degree level, you can enter nursing at the baccalaureate level, at the master's level, et cetera, et cetera. So there are multiple pathways to nursing. It's never too late. And I, I think for me, nursing is about caring. And if you... If you enjoy caring for people, um, if you want to build upon your own frame of reference in terms of caring, um, nursing is a place where you can demonstrate and express care for others. I want to thank all three of you. You have been a wonderful um, addition to this discussion, and uh, I'm sure it has started some thinking on the part of many other people here. So, uh, unfortunately, we are we have come to the end of our program, and so I uh, again just want to thank Sean Waldron, uh, Dr. John Nelson, and Dr. Michael Graham, and um, and for the discussion that we've had. To our audience, I want to thank you for continuing to support this program. I hope you will continue to tell your friends, listen to the podcasts of previous shows, consider sponsoring this show um, so that we can continue this worldwide discussion thread between nurses. Apparently, there is nothing else on on radio or online that is doing this kind of work. So it's been fun for me, and I hope that you have enjoyed listening. Thank you very much, and we will uh, interact again in another week. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.